Hey, welcome to episode 50 of Scar Bears. That's right, folks. The golden celebration has begun. You can call all your old friends and family and bring out the grandkids and have them embarrass themselves by singing a song they rarely practiced. I'm Chris D.T. Gordon. It is a blessing to have you here with me today. And, you know, folks, I'm just going to get right to it. Our guests, in terms of having someone uh, be, I guess, I don't want to say qualify for Scar Bears, but be a, a service to our audience, this guest does it in spades. Michelle Mraz, how are you today? I'm phenomenal. Thank you so much for asking. Excellent. As I said before, you know, we at Scar Bears, we, always, we have our trials and tribulations and our triumphs to share with, uh, with those who want to get some inspiration. So why don't you go ahead and just start us right off, Michelle, and tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, what you've struggled through and how you have grown from it. My entire life has been a struggle. I'm a military child, so I traveled all my life. People are always leaving my life and coming every three years. You know, So that was what people say are, is a scar thing. I think it's, it made me stronger. But we'll fast forward through all the other stuff, but let's go to the last three years. The last three years, well, the last five years now have been just quite the challenge with the scars. So my scars from my childhood built me to withstand what's happening to me in the past five years. So in 2014, I was running political campaigns. I'm writing speeches for other people. I am on the top of my game. I go pick up my children from school and a little girl is skipping school, last day of school. She runs the stop sign, hits me, he bones me. My engine drops out of my car, barely misses me. I think I'm perfectly fine. From the inside of the car, I don't notice anything's wrong. So I jump out of my car, think everything's fine, go to the back of the car and I collapse. When I wake up, the, the paramedics are around me. Apparently the engine fell out, the, I got hit really hard. <laughs> she hit me at like 45 miles an hour. And um, I thought I was fine. I went to the doctor because, you know, they say go to the emergency room after an accident, no matter what. And they said, you're fine. Just go home. You're fine. Just watch her tonight. But 12 days later, I started slurring. And then I fell over. And then I stopped speaking for the next 12 months. Wow. So to me, it went, I thought it was only down for a month or two. But my husband said it was 12 months, which explains why if you, well, I'll tell that bit. I gained over 180 pounds. And so I didn't understand what was going on because it's just been days, but it was because it was actually two years of me not moving. So I was sitting on my couch wondering why God hated me so much. And I was having a hard time with not being able to speak because if you can tell, I like to talk. <laughs> That's okay. I was trapped in my head for 12 months arguing with all my inner critics. Because when you're trapped in your head, I mean, just when you're quiet, your inner critics come out. But I was trapped in my head with all of them. And I can name them all, and they were all really mean to me. And I remember arguing with them and realizing that all those things that I thought in my past that were bad actually prepared me for what I was going through now, through the brain injury. Because what we found out later was that the reason I couldn't walk or talk without assistance, I'd be perfectly fine in the morning, okay? Morning. 
But around lunchtime, I would get dizzy and then it, everything would shut off. And what they found out was I have a traumatic brain injury. So I'm missing my frontal lobe over my left ear, the back of my head that dealt with my eyes, which is why I kept falling. And then my two hemispheres disconnected. Oh, wow. That's why I couldn't walk or talk. So really quick, Michelle, if you could run this back, what do those different parts of the brain do? The frontal lobe, I have no filter. So whatever I think comes out. So good thing that I'm a really nice person because people who have frontal lobe damage tend to have Tourette's really bad mm -hmm. or anger issues. And then over my left ear dealt with a lot of my memories. So there are memories that are completely gone. There are years of my life that are gone, but the ones that are there, in my head still are very crisp and clear. And then the back of my head, um, it's what messes with your eyes, it controls your eyeballs. Mm -hmm. And my eyes, when I get tired, I start falling over because my brain gets tired and it just shuts off. The two hemispheres not being connected, that's why you don't function because they have to communicate. You know, the intelligent side, the artistic side, they weren't talking. So it, my brain would just shut off. And the other thing that happened with that, the back of the head thing is what we don't realize with lights is they flicker. They're always giving off vibrations. Mm -hmm. Same with computer screens. I see them. Oh, wow. So I, I get overloaded very quickly. So if you notice me, I tend to talk a lot because I can control the situation or I'm on stage as a speaker. They're out there and I'm alone because when I have many people around me, my brain doesn't know how to shut it off. So it hears everybody and sees all the lights and hears all the noise. Oh, wow. So, but on stage, you are in control and that's where you shine literally and figuratively because the yes. lights are on. Yes, exactly. And so what happened is that, yes, I lost my job. Yes, I lost what I was doing, but I found a new version of me. And it's, that's what it is. It's I'm, I give inspiration from what I've come through to inspire people to do more. So. 24 months of being locked in my head, I, I'm screaming at God, the universe, whatever, saying, you know, if you want me dead, then kill me already. I mean, this is ridiculous. And um, I heard, you're not dead yet. Get up. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> All right, Monty Python jumped in my head. I'm not dead yet. And... <laughs> yeah, but that's what happened. And I got up and I went to the computer. My husband's like, he came home, he said he found me on the computer looking things up. And he's like, how did you get there? How are you talking? And how are you seeing the computer screen? Mm. And I didn't know. But when I got my com computer, I got to my computer, there was an email asking me to join them on TEDx. So here was a woman who hadn't spoken for two years, invited to TEDx. And I said, yes, I didn't even know what a TEDx was. And I did it because I didn't know how much longer I was going to be able to speak. I didn't know if it was a fluke. So I did it. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I'm sharing that story is because from the TEDx talk, that's where my first book came out. And then my second book came out later. So the first book came out, then I started traveling because people liked the talk and blah, blah, blah. Well, about six months later, I started getting sick. I felt wrong. You know, when you get that ink that something's, something's wrong. I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. And I kept going to the doctor saying, something's wrong with me. And they still have a brain injury. Go away. Your brain's playing tricks on you. Go away. I said, no, I think I'm dying. My, my brain, I'm, I'm having nightmares of dying. And they said, yeah, that's your brain injury. And then a total of eight months later, I finally got a doctor to believe me. Something really was wrong with me. And it was a dermatologist who saved my life, honestly. 
because I went in, I said, listen, um, I think I'm dying. And she said, listen, lady, I'm a skin doctor, not a breast doctor. Because I kept saying, there's something wrong with my chest. There's something wrong with my chest. And they said, no, you're not going to be able to feel breast cancer. Because that's what I kept saying it was. And they're like, no, you can't feel breast cancer. That's why it's this deadly, silent killer. I said, well, I think that's what's killing me. I get to her and she's like, I'm a skin doctor, not a breast doctor. She says, but you went through so much effort to see me, I'll see you. She goes into the room, she leaves the room and my daughter helps me get dressed because I can't feel the right side of my body. And um, she comes back in the room and before the door shuts, she says, oh dear God, you have cancer, bam. Mm -hmm. And I start crying and she says, I'm so sorry, I told you you had cancer that way. I said, no, I'm not crying because I had cancer. I know I had cancer, I was trying to convince you. She said, why are you crying? I said, because I have to hurry up and do what I'm supposed to do. All I know is I'm supposed to talk. And um, she says, yeah, um, people with your kind of breast cancer die within 12 months of diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've been complaining for eight months. I got to get going, get this off of me. And so within, within 60 days, because you have to do all the testing and all the blood work and all that. So within 60 days, um, I had a double mastectomy to save me. And then um, after that, it's been over the past three years now, I've had eight major surgeries too. The, as the cancer moved through my body and things were my body reacting to all the drugs and all the stuff, they've been cutting pieces of me out. And long story short, if you watch my, if you go to my website, michellemoross.com, you will see a TEDx talk. That is me. I was 389 pounds. And now I'm not. <laughs> but that's what I was saying. Uh, when I was sitting on that couch for two years, I, I gained a lot of weight. That's what happens when a bodybuilder stops moving. Yeah. And I had to stop moving. So I have a lot of internal scars. I've got a lot of physical outside scars, but I have a lot of mental scars that I've been pushing through. So you said that you were a bodybuilder before all this? Yeah. Oh, wow. What, so in which competitions did you participate? Fitness. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, that must have been quite the gear change to go from being able to do whatever your body wanted to do to doing nothing. Yeah. So that must have been a, quite the struggle. Uh, so the TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I have not seen it yet, but I will watch it. So what, when you were preparing for it and you hadn't spoken for two years, what was going through your head uh, that motivated you, motivated you past all those inner demons that you could name and they were talking down to you? Well, here's the thing. I have the memory of Dory from Finding Nemo. Mm -hmm. I have a 30 second memory. So I don't remember going through anything. Okay. I, I know I had problems because I wrote about it. <laughs> I wrote it, I don't remember, but I wrote it. And what's crazy about it is preparing for the TEDx. I couldn't remember like I normally would remember. So I, I did a talk, I said it all out loud, we recorded it and I would put it on my phone and I would just listen to it on repeat. Mm -hmm. Because what we decided was because my short-term memory was gone, if we could move it to long-term memory, I could remember. So. I had to listen to it on repeat till it moved to long-term memory. So about a week later, it would stick and it just stays. And I never forget. So I am like the elephant that never forgets because once it's in, it stays. Yes. But if it's something quick, it's gone. It just doesn't stay. 
understand. Yes, I made it through my inner demons because one, I'm stubborn. Two, I didn't remember what they said half the time. And three, I didn't know how much longer I was going to be able to talk. So I had to do it. Mm -hmm. Being stuck, not moving was not pleasant. Mm -hmm. You know, I I can't say I was uh, immobile for two years, but I've been I've been immobilized for a number uh, number of weeks. I know even that you know is torturous. You know, you you want to get out, you want to get moving, and so that alone, uh, you have my for that alone, you have my utmost respect. But that's fantastic that you're able to, you know, make that transition. Now the book, the you said first book. How many have you written? Two and a half. Well, three actually. Um, One's, the first one's called Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. I wrote that one right after my TED Talk because it's the TED Talk is the conclusion of the book. Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. It's how to live a life of intention by scenes of my mother-in-law. I watched her a lot. Hmm. So it's Mary, M-A-R-Y. And then my second book, when they diagnosed me with breast cancer and gave me three months to live, I wrote It's Not Luck Overcoming You, because it was all the voices, all the conversations and arguments I had with my inner critic when I was stuck in my head. I wrote that out and I made it so that other people could read through it like a workbook and pretty much counteract their own inner demons, their own inner critics. Because I thought if I'm gonna die in three, three months, who's gonna be here for my kids? So I have to write this book. So if my kids ever go through things and they don't have mom around, I would leave something for them. And so I wrote it for them. And my husband's like, well, why don't you publish it for the world? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I know it was published. So now I have two books out. And then my third book is called um, Hold My Crown, Women of Grit. And it's a, a book of a compilation book. It's an anthology book of multiple women in, with women issues and how we've overcome each of them. And it's weird because I didn't mean it to be that way. But as the authors were sitting in their stories, it started off with from being a child and having, you know, abuse issues to uh, growing into an adult who was being abused by her husband. And it was like stages of a life of a woman. And so I'm like, we're just going to put us all together. Forget breaking them up. We're going to put them together because my my story, my overarching story is I'm a 52 year old woman who went from a, a broken family to raped in college to, you know, all these other things and having a life that I didn't think I deserved. So there was all these mental scars that I had to fight. And so this book is like this perfect overarching story of the life cycle of a person who's gone through a lot of hell, but from multiple personal, you know, multiple personal stories. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Wow, that that sounds like quite the anthology. Now, what prompted you to start? I mean, like, okay, you rephrase my question. How did you reach out to different people for their stories? I am a speaker coach. I train other speakers to get on stage and share their story. I'm a messenger. So I I, remember I said I used to work politics. Yes. I would listen to a politician speech that would go for hours. And I would do what you're really saying is. And then I give it to them in a three minute speech and they do. How did you do that? Well, when I had my brain injury, I lost all my political stuff, but that got better. That my my honing got better. And mm. so I started a boot camp for speakers who people who wanted to go on TEDx or get on bigger speech uh, stages or refine their message. And so I'm having all these people coming to me 
And I'm like, okay, well, I can help you. Oh, I can help you. You know, you've got a story. You need to write a book. Oh, I don't want to write a book. I, I, I don't have enough for a book. And so in order to get them brave enough to step past their inner critic, I said, everybody write a chapter. And once you realize that a chapter can come out of you so easily, it will trigger you to want to write the rest of it or be out there to share more of your story. Because the more we can express our stories, the more we can help people. And my whole purpose is to help people stop apologizing for what happened to, to them in the past or what didn't happen to them in the past to become the best versions of them unapologetically. Well, what perfect model, but to help all these people get their book out of them let them get it published. So, you know, the worst thing about writing a book is publishing it because then you have to worry about what people are going to say about you. So if they all write a chapter and they get it out there and they realize what the feedback comes up will be not as bad as they think it is, they'll be brave enough to write their book. That's why I did that. Wow, that's it's not about me. It's about what everybody else can do. I, I recently participated in such a project and yeah, Feeling the weight lifted off of my shoulders of not having to write an entire book, but just one mm -hmm. chapter, it, it was a huge relief. And it also helped me hone my story for the purpose of the book. So that is, that's a fantastic endeavor. Yeah, it's fun. And I got to walk with each one of them when they were building their story and saying, okay, don't, don't do the side note. Where do you really... What's the point? What are you really trying to push? What, what do you want that lesson to be? Oh, I want it to be this. Okay, then let's, let's go this way, not this way. And so I would help them shape their story. So as I'm shaping this one little story, we've shaped their entire book. So now all of them are writing their full book. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited for them. That's awesome. So with someone, as someone with memory issues, and you are a speaker coach, which means you have some sort of a schedule. How do you keep all the all these uh, plates spinning? Because it seems like you've got a lot going on. I do, and if you watch me on social media, I'm, I've got things all over the place. So there's like this wonderful gift about my brain injury. One, I don't get overwhelmed about information, or as the neurologist said, you're like a child in some things, but savant in the others. So my savant is my speaking, my ability to see other people's stories and pull it out of them and to get that emotional state. It's something that came out stronger in my brain injury. So there'll be days you, if you ever talk to me, I can't add. If we ever went out, I can't add or do a tip for the life of me, which is crazy because my background's in engineering and my master's is in quality systems management. I'm a numbers person, it's all gone. Wow. So all that's gone, but this other part of me has gotten so gifted. And so when I talk to people, when I coach people through whatever, you know, their successes for their businesses, when they do, I can't do that. So don't tell me what you can't do. What are you really good at? What do you like to do? What do you, what turns you on? Okay. We're going to focus on that. And we're going to use that in your business because that's where your specialty lies. I don't think any of us are ever put on this earth without a gift and what we tend to do is run from that gift. We run because it scares us. Why does it scare us? Because we don't want to mess up. So we avoid it. So we never look bad and we don't mess up. My whole coaching style is let's find what you're afraid of and let's gear you that way. And then put all your gifts on, on that package so that you will be the best version of you unlike any other person that's out there because you know that's the problem. Everyone wants to follow someone else's path. Well, 
that you're like everybody else. You're not anybody else. You're you. So let's find what makes you so unique that you just shine on your own. You just are. And that's what I do. Yeah. That's remarkable. You know, not only from the standpoint of it's so elementary, yet it's brilliant. You know, and that's, I guess that's the sign of brilliance, making something, you know, so wonderful, you know, just seems so simple, but that you're able to triumph for, from all your tribulations and be able to share your expertise and your struggle with others and help them find their, find their own paths to success. Like, because as you said, everyone is different. No one can be like someone else. And I think that's important to remember for everyone. So Michelle, what do you have besides the third book coming out? What's coming up for you? What do you have going on currently? You're going to laugh. Um, I have a podcast that I started to help entrepreneurs when they were panicking or if they, they're stuck. It's called Denim and Pearls. It's business casual with pearls of wisdom from the porch. So it's open conversation. I do it live on Facebook and YouTube. But then I upload it to all the podcast places. And I have a business partner with that one. And then I have a TV show. Uh, it used to be my podcast, but it got picked up as an internet TV show in the Philippines. It's called Mental Shift. Oh, wow. And I interview people from around the world who have had a mental shift, who have realized that something in their life happened and they, they shifted and did something else. And so I love hearing those stories because, you know, for the past, it's been like six years, is before my car accident, I started a radio show on NPR, National Public Radio, and it was called Conversations with Michelle. And every time I met anybody, they all had some crazy mental shift that happened in their life, something tragic or something minor happened, but it, something would happen and they shifted. And so I changed it and made it mental shift, made it a podcast so that we can talk openly because NPR has a lot of restrictions. Yeah. And then once I made it the podcast, just during COVID, I got reached out to by a speaker in the Philippines. And he says, you know, I keep wanting you to come to the Philippines, but with COVID, we can't do it. But we have an internet show. Can we bring you on? I said, sure, I'll come on. I came on his show. And the next thing I know, he says, do you want to move your podcast to the TV show? I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. So I did that. What else? I think that's it. What? Oh, no. I'll be doing a conference as soon as we open up because I, I want to do a conference again. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I am excited to hear about all these different projects, and I'm going to keep up with you on the social media uh, handles, Michelle. And if someone else wanted to reach out to you, discover all the brilliance that is Michelle Mraz, where could they find you? Okay, I have a brain injury, so I keep it simple. When in doubt, look up my name, Michelle Moross, M-R-A-S. If you can't remember that, Jason Moross, just put an S instead of a Z, or Mr. As, Michelle Moross. Moross. <laughs> but if you go to my website, everything's there. My Every link that I can ever be, every video, every talk I've ever done, everything's linked onto my website because I have a brain injury. So we have to keep it as simple as possible because when I'm overwhelmed, my brain shuts off. So that's who I am. That, sound, that sounds like a plan. And one more thing, a, a question my audience always loved to, loves to hear the answer to, what is your favorite dinosaur? It, it's the Triceratops. It's Sarah from Land Before Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's who I, it's kind of me because she's stubborn and she wants to do her thing her way. Have you seen Land Before Time? I have uh, a few years ago, but yes, I have definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because she says, you're a long neck. Yeah. I'm Sarah. That's awesome. Well, Michelle, it's been an honor and a privilege to have you 
on uh, Scar Bearers for my 50th uh, episode. Thank you so much for blessing me and my audience with your story and keep doing the Lord's work. You're, you're doing fantastic. I'm doing what I've been told. I'm doing it. <laughs> there we go. And so if you want to learn more about me, you can go to linktr.ee forward slash Chris DT Gordon. You can find information about my speaking endeavors, my YouTube channel, my podcast episodes, and also my online store that I opened for my The Attitude of Gratitude and Pass on Perfection merchandise. Please check that out right now. It's at linktr.ee forward slash Chris DT Gordon. So everyone, thank you for hanging out with us. Remember to like, subscribe, pass on the good news, share this with everyone you know who would benefit from it. And remember to pass on perfection and go for greatness.